Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Episode 472, How to Get Your Kids Off Their Phones, Part 2. Your role, parent, coach, or both? In part two of this podcast book club series based on the amazing book called The Screen Strong Solution, How to Free Your Child from Addictive Screen Habits by Melanie Kemp, I'm going to be discussing pages 29 through to 40. They're packed full of what she recommends we need to do in the first step and second step in trying to page pave a different path and find a new way forward and help get your kids off their phones. So step one on page 29 is become a coach. There's a quote from Richard Freed. The traditional family hierarchy has been turned on its head. Our culture has marginalized parents and teachers as technologically incompetent and maintains that kids are far better judges of how they should use their devices and time. Melanie Kemp goes on to say in her opening paragraph, like an unwelcome player on your team, screens have invaded your home and undermined your role as leader. This power struggle started during the younger years when your child's screen was disguised as a wonderful babysitter. Slowly, the screen started becoming a substitute parent for your child. Now your child demands screen stimulation and depends on the screen instead of you for most of his or her emotional and relationship needs. He's lost his respect for you and your authority is being tested daily. She says every team needs a strong leader and parents, not kids, are best suited for this job. So she likes you to think of your role as not just a parent but a coach. And it's time to rework the game plan and get back to the locker room to make some changes and give an inspiring pep talk to your players. Turning this season around might be difficult, but not impossible. Now, you know, she she says there that your kids often have lost their respect for us. And that I see this certainly in the work I do. And Gordon Neufeldt, who is a Vancouver child psychologist who wrote holding on to your kids, who's a world authority on attachment theory. He speaks to this because he says, you know, we we worry when our kids' orientation is turned towards the peers rather than the parents. In other words, the peers are advising them, leading them and influencing them more than the parents are. And I'll take this to the point where we're seeing not only our peers advising and influencing our our kids more but the screens are and you know think about it in your own home if if your kids can't come up with an answer they google the answer children no longer ask their parents for the answer in years gone by we were seen as the authority we were seen as the ones who might have the answer now they don't need to turn to us 
So it's, it's kind of, um, it's eroded our capacity to be the leader. And we need to step back into this, this position um, of leadership. Note I didn't say authority because I don't actually believe it's authority. And in this chapter, she talks about the parenting styles and the authoritarian parenting style does not work if you want to get your kids on a better path or you want to be on a better path. So she says you have to adopt a coach's mentality. Think about your childhood and a favorite coach. Your coach wasn't your best friend. He might have been strict. He taught you about discipline and hard work. He pushed you or she pushed you past your comfort zone to help you reach your potential. I know, I mean, I played a lot of sport as a kid and had lots of coaches and I knew they always had my back and I absolutely am a better person for all the coaching they gave me. So we need to take this this perspective and we need to apply it to our parenting. We do, we care about the real success of our kids. We have to have a team and we have to stand in a position where we will influence them and maintain our capacity to influence them, to guide them, lead them and coach them. So what does a good coach do when you're not doing so well? So she says, your team's experiencing a losing losing season right now. So what would a good coach do? They'd go back to basics. They'd do the research. They'd rework the game plan. They'd focus on their role, admit the mistakes and they'd say, okay, no more. This has got to change. So you're stepping up as the coach and your team members need right now to get refocused and moving in a healthy direction. So you have to develop your game plan. Kids need adults to guide them. Even when they tell you they don't. Research is proving that kids who have boundaries, kids who have limits are more successful, quote unquote, than kids who don't. And teens with warm, caring parents who set high standards and maintain a high level of discipline and boundaries do better in life than kids with uninvolved or overly permissive parents. Angela Duckworth, in her book, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance, um, speaks a lot to this. So we need to be, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, we need to step into the authoritative position as a parent not authoritarian. The authoritarian is top-down, superior than, more important than, strict, has super high expectations, is very dictator-like, lecturing, gives orders. They reject things if it's not their way or the highway. They're very controlling and generally not so supportive. Whereas an authoritative parent is caring and nurturing, is open, curious, compassionate, They set boundaries and more than just setting them, they hold the limits and they can cope with the pushback. They have expectations that are reasonable. I I kind of, you know my view about expectations, but anyway, an authoritative parent is responsive, not reactive, is accepting, is a good communicator, collaborates and uses positive discipline. So when we are authoritative, we can expect less stress Less anxiety, fewer arguments, less conflict, better communication, screen-free meals, more focus on other hobbies, more family time together, more success at school and extracurricular activities and more physical physical activity. On page 33, she does mention 
that we have to role model the very behaviors that we want our kids to adopt, our digital behaviors that I'm talking to, and so is Melanie. We have to limit our non-work screen activity in front of our kids so they see us being more responsible, available, and present. Remember, they're watching you and they're watching what you value. And if you continue to turn to your phone over them, they will continue to turn to their phones over you. So on page 35, she talks about gathering support because it's very hard to do this alone. So you need people on your team. You need people on your site. A coach has an assistant coach, maybe two assistant coaches. They have a team captain. They have vice captains. They have it all. So we have to have a team. We have to have support because guess what? When you get on this path, you are going to have to be prepared to put in some hard work the effort and be prepared for pushback and resistance. No kid is going to appreciate things changing. They have it easy. They're on their phones as much as they like and that needs to stop. So some of the potholes you will experience that are normal is some resistance. Of course, they might even tell you they hate you. Mine do. You might have a few hard weeks ahead. Um, it will all depend on how addicted your child is to their screen, but you will get through it. There's often regression. And I didn't realize this, but when there is regression in an addict, they regress to the age they were when they first became most addicted. So the screen addicted child may regress emotionally to the age when he became most addicted. This happens with every other addiction. And they panic. They don't know how to fill this massive void in their lives. They will be bored. They don't know what to do. If they're severely addicted, they become aggressive. They might kick you, call you names. And on page 37, she says, if you ever feel threatened, you have to call 911. You may feel, feel extreme frustration towards your child. This is where I come in in my coaching. I spend hours with the parents I work with on how to cope with their frustration because when we show up frustrated and overwhelmed and reactive, it doesn't work. It never goes well. So we have to be able to work on this. This is a huge piece. It's got one paragraph here. It's a huge piece in the puzzle. We, might, we, we, have, we have to work with our own doubt. You know, we can't stand our kids being upset. I speak to this a lot. So when they are upset with us, we need to have someone that we can go to. We have to resist the urge to give in. It's so easy to give in because then they're happy, happy, quote unquote. And then we're happy, quote unquote, but we're not, we're miserable. So a coach has to stand strong and trust that these holes, potholes, will get smaller or even disappear entirely. So who could be on your team? She gives some examples in the last two pages on this chapter. Recruit your assistant coaches. If you can get your spouse on side or a partner, if you have one, then this is fantastic because one's better than none and two's better than one. But two on the same page is better than one. Get your friends and family on board. Share with your friends and family that you're going to make these changes and that you're going down this path and you're going to need more support. Trust me, you will need more support. There might be other people you might have nannies or you might have childcare in place. They need to know what's going on as well so they can support the plan. You know, they need to be part of it and they need to know what's going on. The teachers might need to know. There might be other coaches that need to know. 
You know, you, the, your kids might be on other teams and it might help that coach to know what you are doing at home right now. And she also recommends, which I do too, is to see if you've got any friends who you know that are in the same boat as you and they want to do it with you. So just think how cool this would be. And that's why I'm doing this as a book club, because you could make a book club of this. Go through these podcast episodes with the book, with your friend. Right now during COVID, you can't do that in person, but you could get on a Zoom call and listen to this podcast together, have a cup of tea together, get your journals out together and make the plan for the week and support each other through that week. It's really important and you will stand a far better chance of of navigating this path successfully if you have a friend on side. Because when someone else is in it with you, you have accountability and you feel like you're not alone. So if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you get the book. The details, all the Amazon links are in the podcast notes, as well as where you can find Melanie Hemp and all her brilliant work at screenstrong.com. That link is also in the podcast. And also be aware that all the material I discuss in this is copyright to Melanie. It is not mine. I don't claim it to be mine. It is catalyzing a conversation in me and with you. So thank you, Melanie, for this amazing book and doing all the work you do. And if you have enjoyed it, as I said, hop over onto iTunes and leave a, leave a review. This helps to spread the word, get your friends and family on board, share this with them. And let's make a difference. Let's really step up to the plate and do what we know we need to do. It's hard. Yes, is it effort? Huge. But you'll reap the rewards of it. Surely you want to see your kids do more with their lives than lying on a sofa, watching their screens, not doing their homework and not developing the life, real world life skills that you know they need to develop, which they will not develop on their phones playing in the virtual world. So let's make a change. Let's step up to the plate. Let's get our coaching hats on and let's make a difference to this generation. Thank you so much for listening. Without you, I'd have nothing to say, nothing to share. So I really do appreciate your support and your following. So thank you. Until next time. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.